0: Hello, everyone. This is an extraordinary, important discussion we're having today with Rob Kaplan, the CEO and founder of Circulate Capital, along with Priyanka Bakaya, the CEO and founder of Renewology. We're talking about recycling. We're talking about getting plastics out of oceans. We're talking about saving the planet. Nothing less important than that, so stick around. You don't want to miss this episode.
1: Welcome to the Your Mark on the World Show with your champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe.
0: This episode is made possible via the support of our sponsors, including Johnson & Johnson's Caring Crowd. Rob, Priyanka, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks so much, Brian. Thanks, Devin. It's great to be
0: here. It's great to have you both back. Uh, we've had you on at different times before, and uh, I- I've reflected often on our past conversations and so wanted to have you back to continue the discussion because uh, the work you're doing is so incredibly important. And, and Rob, I want to start with you for just a minute because you've had such exciting news that you've announced. In fact, we're recording this on uh, July 19th, I think. Uh, so I think the, the news is one day old as we record this, uh, uh, brand new. Tell us about Circulate cap.
2: Yeah, so uh, we're really excited that we have um, evolved an initiative that's been in development for over the last year and a half, where we're now creating a new investment firm entirely focused on investing in companies, technology and infrastructure that can prevent plastic from going into the ocean. More than half of the plastic that flows into the ocean comes from South and Southeast Asia. And it's because there's a lack of recycling and waste management infrastructure in these countries. And um, we wanna solve that capital gap problem.
0: Wow, huge, huge opportunity. Um, what happens to closed loop partners uh, as you step away? So
2: uh, closed loop partners will, uh, uh, maintain its focus on investing in similar areas, but in North America. Uh, my co-founder, Ron Gonan, is taking over as the uh, sole executive leader of, of that firm and will continue to deploy capital in recycling projects and innovations um, in the West. And as we decided to accelerate, given the uh rapidly developing and exponentially increasing challenges in ocean plastic. Uh, we realized that it needed to be done in a locally applicable way, not as a side project from a US-based entity, but something with full 100% leadership and staff and resources.
0: Excellent. Well, Priyanka, uh, shifting gears just a little bit, give us r- remind the audience about Renewalogy. In fact, when you were on the show last, it wasn't Renewalogy. You didn't call it Renewalogy. Uh, tell us about what Renewology is and what your current focus is.
1: Sure. So Renewology, our mission is to help find solutions for difficult to recycle plastics and um, we do that through um, a technology that chemically recycles the plastics into new products such as fuels as well as the building blocks of new plastics. And so we have two large-scale facilities, one in Salt Lake City, Utah, and one in Nova Scotia, Canada. Um, And we're currently sequencing um, the deployment of more of those facilities across North America. Um, And similar to what Closed Loop Fund and Circulate Capital have been doing, we've also been looking closely at the issue of ocean plastics and seeing how we can address that as a company. Um, So we started a Renewalogy Oceans Initiative and um, you know, really targeting on the key places where the plastic is entering the oceans. As Rob just mentioned, over 50% comes from um, you know, that region in South Asia, Southeast Asia. And so our new product um, for the Renewalogy Ocean System is basically a small scale system um, of our large commercial systems that can be operated off grid using solar panels and deployed um, you know, at sources um, we're targeting rivers since it's the main rivers in these countries that are leading um, to the ocean plastics and by deploying biofences to prevent those plastics from entering the ocean, we can collect them and, you know, create new products um, from those plastics that are collected.
0: It seems to me once a piece of plastic has spent some time in the ocean, it is difficult uh, to recycle using traditional methods. Is that, is that right, Rob?
2: Uh, it absolutely is. I mean, you know, one of the biggest challenges in most forms of recycling that are implemented today are um, is contamination, and it's highly contaminated in on the land. Um, after it spends a lot of time in the ocean, it will also have a high degree of contamination, um, which makes it difficult to use in in many applications, uh, especially consumer products and packaging. Um, that have expectations around quality and quantity, or if anything's food contact, for example, um, which, you know, why sort of preventing it from getting into the ocean in the first place is really our focus. And, you know, what Priyanka is talking about, about capturing it uh, in the river before it gets too far out into the ocean is really important.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Rob, the... um what do you think is going to happen? Well, let me step back. What? Why is the? I want you each to respond, but maybe Rob first. Why so much concern about plastic in the ocean? Uh, th- this is something we've ignored for a long time, and as a human population, I mean every one of us, but but as a general rule, we've ignored it for a long time, and it hasn't hurt us. Uh, in in ways that are obvious in our daily lives, right? So why are you concerned about it, Rob? And then and then Priyanka.
2: Well, I think uh, there's two parts to your question. One is, you know, why do we think this is an investable opportunity? And then also, there's this question of why is everybody paying attention to this topic? In um, you know on my Facebook page, uh, and you know every other media outlet around there. Um, And I think ocean plastic has really struck a nerve in the last year, Um, and there's been a few key drivers to it. One is uh, this research that has come out that has focused people on the solution. Um, So we now have an understanding of where to start. It's not as big of a crazy idea as it used to be. Uh, The other piece is, you know, as the advent of social media has crept into our lives, there's really graphic imagery that can come along with this environmental issue. Unlike most environmental topics like climate change, it's really hard to have a passionate uh, reaction to you know, invisible gas. Um, and especially, not only do we have the plastic in the ocean pictures, but we also have the animals, which as we know, um, hits a lot of heartstrings for a lot of people. Um, and then you've had a number of governments trying to get involved in this. Uh, and uh, it's just changed the dialogue and the sense of urgency around this topic um, as sort of a confluence of events. Um, but you know, what we've been very interested in and why we think there's an investment path here is this is about the economic development of some of the most rapidly growing countries in the world. In South and Southeast Asia, we've seen exponential growth of consumption and as a result, exponential growth of uh, waste and um, waste production without the following through or the catching up of, of waste and recycling infrastructure. In the West, we had 100, 150 years to build our waste and recycling infrastructure. And these countries are dealing with it in 10 to 15 year time increments. Um, and so the regardless of how this issue evolves, these countries will need to invest in this type of infrastructure and these types of businesses. And uh, now's the time to invest if we wanna attract the environmental
0: challenges as well. Yeah. Priyanka, what's your take on the importance of uh, ocean plastic?
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with everything Rob just said, Um, you know, some of these images of the tortoise with the straw stuck in its nostril, um, you know, just really graphic images and I've spent some time now doing um, these, you know, plastic collection in the middle of the ocean and people don't realize how bad it is there and because of social media you can now actually see these images, you know, sitting in Utah Um, of the middle of the ocean and just um, how bad the issue really is. And I think that sort of seeing those images and then coupled with all these new research studies like the study that um, has shown that by 2050, there'll be more plastic than fish in our oceans and also just a better understanding of where the plastic's coming from. Um, You know, there was another study last year saying that about 90% might be coming from 10 um, major rivers and so just sort of understanding where the plastic's coming from, what countries, um, I think it's, um, you know, really helped companies and governments understand, um, you know, how do we go about coming up with solutions because waste isn't a local issue. It's really a global one. And so you can't sort of sit in a little box and try to solve it. You really need to think globally about it. Um, you know, which is great that I think, you know, Circulate Capital's launched this initiative. Um, it's really sort of an acknowledgement um, by brands who are investing in it that, you know, we need to
0: find global solutions to address this problem. Have either of you given thought to solutions to the problem of the plastic that comes from fishing activity, right? Because that's plastic that is dropped into the ocean. It didn't come from land or consumer use. It starts out there. Have, have either of you given thought to that problem? Yeah. Go, go ahead, Priyanka.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, so I mean, there was a study by the Ocean Cleanup um, last year that um, showed that in the Pacific Garbage Patch, Around 50% of the material in there is um, from the fishing gear, and so it's a significant amount. And we found that as well with our cleanups that a huge amount is coming from um, fishing gear. And they do does. I think there needs to be a lot of you know solutions around that. So you know ways to track um, you know the fishing gear, maybe like a um, incentive system to make sure that um, the fishermen are bringing back the all the gear that they're using. Um, so there definitely, there needs to be a lot of um, creative solutions around that because it is a huge amount of the plastic waste just because by weight, the fishing gear is uh, much heavier. And then what it does in the ocean is it sort of acts as um, you know, a huge net that's picking up the plastic and collecting other um, material on it. So you know, by weight, it always ends up being sort of a huge percentage of what we're seeing
0: in the oceans. Rob, do you wanna add anything to that?
2: Well, just as we think about the solutions to it, it, there are a lot of parallels to how we think about land-based plastic waste, which is um, what are the incentives to prevent people from dumping it? And right now, many fisher fishermen or fishing vessels, the cost of dumping a broken fishing net into the ocean is free. Um, and there's no upside to bring it home. So uh, our big focus, um, in that area, but then across plastic recycling and and recycling in general, is investing in solutions for end markets. Um, Companies or projects that have the ability to pay for that material over time um, will be key in driving that demand pull uh, for fishermen, for waste pickers, for individuals, for companies to manage their waste appropriately. Um, and you know the power of the market to drive that kind of pull. Um, I think we have a lot more confidence in that than the ability of local governments to enforce enforce it from a regulatory standpoint.
0: Great, great observation. It's it's great to to get a sense that there at least is a strategy, a plan to to address this uh, ongoing problem. Uh, Priyanka, I wonder if you would tackle this other thought question that uh, I've been thinking a lot about in recent weeks and months, but uh, a lot of people are conscious about recycling and increasingly about reducing their uh, output of plastics in the first place. There's a huge movement to ban straws right now, plastic straws. My wife and I have started carrying uh, paper straws everywhere we go. Uh, But the, um, I worry that the real problem is that we're not buying and using, uh, recycled goods enough. What's your take?
1: Yeah, obviously there's, um, many different layers to that issue. I think, um, you know, we can all agree that single use plastic has just sort of gone out of control and that there's things that we can all do in our day-to-day lives um, to reduce the amount of plastic we're using. Um, So, you know, certain simple things like taking a reusable water bottle, reusable coffee cup, reusable straws, um, those are simple things we can all do. Um, But then, you know, there's another layer of plastics that is just difficult to avoid, um, you know, used in the medical field, um, you know, just to get um, produce from point A to point B and keep it fresh. Um, yeah, there is an, a need for plastics and there aren't any easy substitutes. Um, you can't transport everything in glass, you know, that, that wouldn't be um, good for the environment either because um, it's so heavy and you know, the transportation associated with that. So there, um, there's things that we can all do um, as individuals um, to reduce our plastic waste But I think, yeah, we do need to be creative about um, solutions and making sure that the products we use have recycling end markets and that we're, you know, supporting um, products that are made from recyclable materials. Um, So it's, I mean, there's many um, different elements to the, you know, in, in the ecosystem, it's not as simple as saying no plastic altogether. Um, I think, you know, using plastic is often the most sustainable thing to do, um, just because it is a lightweight material. Uh, but yeah, there's, you know, trade-offs in every material that you use, and making yeah. sure there's end markets for everything that you're using is the most important thing.
0: Rob, what would you add to that?
2: Well, I think this really speaks to the idea of a circular economy for plastics. Um, and that if you, even if you put all of your plastic in a recycling bin or in a recycling system, um, if there isn't an end market for it, uh, then it will not be reused. It will end up either in the environment or in a landfill somewhere. And uh, there's a huge opportunity for uh, consumers to incentivize brands and companies and parts of the supply chain to use more recycled material. When, when I, I work with many of the world's largest brands, um, consumer brands, and when we ask them to use more recycled content, their initial feedback is, you know, our customers aren't, aren't interested in it. Uh, If we can do what we're going to do what we can and they all have commitments and we're working to help them meet those commitments, but certainly if there were more consumers interested in using recycled content and choosing those products as part of their shopping experience, um, that would build the market and that would increase the demand pool that we were talking about earlier.
0: Give us a tip or two for identifying recycled products so that we know how to choose. Um, some
2: brands will talk about it. You'll find it on their packaging. But um, you're right. Uh, most companies, because of this reality about how most consumers um, are not considering this in their decision making, um, it's not worth the packaging space to uh, to put it yeah. on a small bo- a small bottle or um,
0: because that's not how people are making their decisions. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting problem, uh, Rob. I want to ask you to start in on this last piece of the discussion Um, China in the last year or so has all but stopped taking plastic from the United States for recycling and and it was the primary market and I wonder if you would just talk about the implications of that and how that's rippling across the Global economy and affecting us, and what the uh, reaction to it should be from government policy, people, individuals, consumers, etc. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, there's a lot there. The there's no question that um, China's ban has. Um, is revolutionizing the recycling market globally. Um, in many parts of the Western world, so US and Europe, as much as 40% of the recycling market was sent to, in export to China. Um, if you're running any kind of business and 40% of your customers disappear, you're in real trouble. And uh, that is creating a huge um, hole in the recycling system around that end market. Um, but that you know, over-reliance on a, on a single export or a single market is also a problem. And that has sort of held back a lot of investment in innovation, domestic, pro, uh, domestic processing capacity, um, and even uh, uh, operational investments to make sure you're cleaning up your material as much as you can. If you've got one buyer that requires a certain spec and it takes more time and effort to meet that spec versus the export market that will take whatever you wanna send them, you'll, you'll do the, the export market. So we're seeing um, a number of new investment opportunities, sort of projects that have been sitting on the shelf without really the right MOI on it. But now that um, this market has dried up, uh, we're looking at a a lot of investment opportunities that can help domestically process that material. And then that's affecting international markets as well. So places like Indonesia um, and Thailand and Vietnam, many of them were sending their recyclables to China as well, and they no longer can. So there have domestic investment opportunity and need um, to follow along with it.
0: Priyanka, what's your take?
1: Yeah, no, as Rob mentioned, it's really opening um, up a lot of local opportunities to find domestic solutions um, to handle this material. And, you know, as for Renewalogy, it's opened up um, a lot more interest in our solution in communities around the country Um, We started working with Boise this year, who um, in January actually banned residents from putting three through seven plastics in their recycling bins and um, in the wake of the Chinese import restrictions. And um, instead, they've um, given them these orange bags and a program that's sponsored by Dow and Hefty. Um, and they basically put all the difficult to recycle materials, including materials they were never able to put in their recycling bins before, such as chip bags and candy wrappers and you know disposable utensils and that type of material. Um, and they put that material in these orange bags, um, which are then collected on a truck and sent to our facility in Salt Lake City um, for us to chemically recycle it back into fuels. And um, we're seeing a lot more communities around the country interested in programs like these and, you know, wanting to learn more because it just simply isn't economic to put those low value plastics through the whole Murph um, system, which is, you know, a very expensive um, system to be putting materials that aren't, you know, ultimately going to have any value at the end of the line. Um, so this is a great way of keeping it out of that um, system. And, um uh, pulling it out before it even enters the system and you know sending it to something that can be um, used to create you know new low carbon
0: fuels. Now it seems to me uh, Rob, if I understand your business correctly, you should be helping uh, entities in Asia to buy Priyanka's equipment. You should be financing that. Am I thinking about your businesses correctly?
2: Uh, yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> it's about to other- you on the spot.
2: <laughs> uh, actually, uh, as you sort of put this, this conversation together, Priyanka and I reconnected and chatted yesterday about what those kinds of opportunities would look like. Um, you know, one of the biggest challenges we see is less on the technology side, but more on like who's going to operate this on the ground in Indonesia. There, In the U.S., you've got companies that have been operating recycling businesses or waste businesses for decades. We don't have that in Indonesia and Vietnam and Thailand and India. Um, there isn't the lo- local expertise and talent that are ready to put that to work in a way you, that you know is going to be successful. Um, so that's a big part of of our focus is how can we match our financing and capital with technology like Priyanka's but also with operators on the ground who can um, execute against it.
0: Would you consider projects in Haiti or other Caribbean island nations?
2: Uh, uh, yeah, Haiti has had a lot of projects in it, you know, just because of the its connection to the U.S. Um, from a philanthropic standpoint and, and, and its proximity. Uh, there's a lot of interest Um, in sourcing ocean-bound plastic from Haiti, and there are a number of companies operating there. Um, Puerto Rico has also recently come up as, um, just in the the context of the rebuilding, Um, there's opportunity there. Uh, But this question of the island solution is the same problem the Caribbean faces, and it's the same problem an archipelago like Indonesia faces, which is the longer you have to transport, or the further you have to transport this wasted material, um, the less value it has. Uh, and there's not a lot of domestic processing capacity on a, on a Jamaica right now. Uh, yeah. So this, there's a big question about what's the right model to build and how do you invest in that model?
0: Yes, but interestingly, it seems like all of those places could use uh, less imported fuel. Uh, so interesting opportunity there, it seems. Um, I listen, I want to wrap up. Uh, I, I could talk to you both all day. Uh, And I'm sure our audience would like to keep listening to your thoughts all day. Uh, But in fairness to you and your time and your commitments, we should probably wrap up. But I want to ask each of you one final question. Uh, Priyanka, maybe we could start with you. Um, What is the accomplishment or achievement that uh, you've notched so far in your young career that you are most proud of?
1: Yeah, I would say just being able to, um, you know, I started this process when I was in school at MIT, and it was just sort of a lab scale system and a dream. And I think really being able to um, build commercial scale facilities now and have them um, in two locations, and hopefully soon in many more, I think you know that's being able to see sort of your little vision um, become a big one. It's, um, you know, That has made me most proud, but there's a lot of work to go. There's a lot of low
0: value plastics out there that we need to find a solution for. Rob, you've done a lot. You too are a young guy uh, with a a lot of accomplishments. What what are you most proud of having done?
2: Um, I'm incredibly proud of helping co-found and develop this unique impact investing model where we can leverage the capital and and power of large multinational corporations and connect it to solutions that enhance their supply chain and prevent waste from getting into the environment. We built the leading firm for that in the US and I'm so proud to be able to expand that to regions of the world um, that need it even more.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Well, Rob, Priyanka, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be with us. Uh, I, I know your time is extremely valuable, but maybe Priyanka and then Rob, let, let me ask you just to in, tell people who are listening and watching to uh, how they can learn more and how they can connect with you personally, because I know people will want to connect with you.
1: Sure. You can find more information on our website, um and on social media, our handle on... Um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram is all at Runology. So um, please follow us, and um, you'll get ideas on what you can do to get involved.
2: Yeah, and um, you can find us at circulatecapital.com. We just published our new RFP, so we are looking for investment opportunities in in South and Southeast Asia. Um, so you can fill out an application there. Um, and then we're on social media at uh, at circulate cap at circulate cap. And uh, I'm at Robbie K. R-O-B-B-Y K. Fantastic.
0: Well, uh, Rob and Priyanka, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. We wish you every success in cleaning the oceans and turning all of this plastic that we use into wonderful new products and saving the environment and saving the planet and all that you're doing. I mean, total success to you both.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, you, Devin. Same to
0: you. Let's do yes. some
1: good. At Caring Crowd, we believe everyone has the power to make a difference. Through our crowdfunding platform for community health, we empower passionate people to drive real change. Whether you work for a nonprofit organization, volunteer, or want to get involved for the first time, you can post a campaign on Caring Crowd. Join us because Caring is where change begins. Thank you for listening. Devon Thorpe's mission is to end extreme poverty, improve global health, and mitigate climate change before 2045 by finding and sharing the stories of those who are doing the most good. You can join with other listeners to accelerate Devon's mission by visiting helpdevon.org right now.